Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. But before we do, let's just pray. Are you ready for the word? Amen. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for our congregation. We thank you for the growth that we're experiencing. We thank you for the the deliverance and healing and testimonies. We thank you for our new building, your temple, Lord. We thank you for what you're going to show us even today and in the future, how uh, the city of Apopka is going to be impacted by Jesus. We thank you for this word in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Now, Ephesians 3, verse 14, you can put it up there, Zach. Now, before I read it, I want to give you a review of of two weeks ago, because last week we had an incredible Father's Day service. How many were here last week? My God, there was not a dry eye in the service. I cried like a baby at the end when we were blessing our kids, and just the reality hit me that such a responsibility of fathers to to speak destiny into our kids. So uh, Pastor Keith did an incredible job for that. He has monthly men's uh, uh, meetings that he does for the, with the men and also his weekly uh, meetings that he has in his connect group. But to, to give you a, a, a synopsis, a review of what we did two weeks ago, we talked about first things first. What's first things first? The first commandment is you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. That's the first and greatest commandment. Jesus said that's the greatest commandment, right? Now, we talked about the, the first, first things being first in our lives, that the Lord being first. Now, what I want to talk to you today is a review first because what we realized two weeks ago, what we discussed two weeks ago, is that loving the Lord with all your heart, hear me now, and all your mind, and all your strength, and you can say amen every now and then. <laughs> is not just a feeling of admiration of singing to the Lord. A lot of times when people don't know that verse and they say, uh, they hear Jesus saying, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Immediately, without studying the scripture, we think, oh, well, I just have to just love on Jesus. Like, I just have to have feelings of admiration for Jesus. And that is true to a point. But we found out last two weeks ago that truly loving the Lord, uh, or let me just put it this way. That truly having the first commandment first means to be synonymous with the spirit of obedience to God's word. In other words, we found out that to love the Lord, when Jesus says to love, you shall love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. What he's actually saying is, I want your love, are you ready? To be translated into a spirit of obedience to my word, not just songs of admiration. Not just feelings of, I love you, Lord. Because in John chapter 14, and this is all in our podcast two weeks ago, this is a review. I spoke about that Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Right? He says, if you love me, you will obey my words. Then he says something shocking in John 14 also. This is a review. He said, those who do not love me do not obey my word. So if you say you love God, and you're living a compromised life all the time. I'm not talking about every now and then, but all the time. You truly don't love God. And I say that with all love. Because God's definition of love, are you ready? Is to be synonymous to following his, his word. You can't say you love God. Oh, you don't want me to say that. You can't say that you love God and say it's okay to be shacking up with somebody that's not your wife or not your husband. You may, and don't call that a weakness. If you keep doing that, then by your actions, you're saying, I don't believe in following God's word. The Holy Spirit is the only person that gives you power to obey God's word. But the Bible says, if you don't love, if you don't love me, you won't obey my word. So then loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength is synonymous with you and I being congruent with obedience to his word. Now, I, may, I, didn't, I didn't mean to hurt any of you guys, but I wanted to give you the truth because truth will set you free. Not the modern-day culture of, of Christianity, which says, do whatever you want, and that's still loving God. No, that's not, what, that's not loving God. I'm saying that with a smile. <laughs> Some of the others say, say, Pastor George, you have a way of doing something real sharp and smiling at them while you kill them, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I'm not trying to, but it's the word of God. How many want to get the word of God? So with that in mind, look at Ephesians chapter 3, because it's safe to say that in order to truly love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, we need to have a fresh revelation of God's love for as well. 
Because watch this. It takes God's love in us to love God properly. I want to say that again. It takes a revelation of God's love in us in order to love God properly. Do you know that worldly people can't love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength? It's impossible. They can't. They cannot. And I'll prove it to you in Scripture. Worldly people cannot love with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul, and with all their strength. It takes the Holy Spirit to do that in you. And I I, want to prove it to you so you look at me like I have a tomato on my head. Watch what Ephesians says. Ephesians 3.14 says, look at, look at the prayer of the Apostle Paul. He prayed this for us. He says, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, who's he, God, would grant you, us, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Uh, this monitor is not working. If somehow, you, uh, no, this one right here. I want to make sure it's working. If you guys could help me with that, it says he would grant you according to his riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. Now watch this verse. Watch this here. That you, being rooted and grounded in what, in love. Watch this. Watch this prayer. May be able to comprehend. With all the saints, what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height? To watch this, to know the what? Love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now, now think about this. Think about this. Put that first slide up there, Zach. In order to fully understand how to love the Lord with all of our heart, Soul, mind, and strength. It should be up there soon. We also need to have a proper understanding of God's love. Now, now think about this. Paul the Apostle, guys. Paul the Apostle prayed something for us. And you know what he prayed? He prayed that we would understand the depth, the width, the height, and the length of not God's power, not God's glory, God's love. He prayed that we would have a revelation of God's love because it takes God's love and the revelation of God's love in order for us to fulfill the first commandment of loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It takes God to love God. I know that sounds weird, but here's what I mean. It takes God's love in us in order to love God fully. He prayed, Paul the apostle prayed that we would know the love of that passes understanding. How can that's almost contradictory? I want you to know something that you can't understand. But he's talking about a revelation of the of of love. Why? Could it be that by having a revelation of God's love, we will be able to make the first commandment first in our life? Could it be that by having a revelation of God's love, that we will be able to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Can I hear an amen? So today what I want to do very briefly is give you what I call four stages of growing in the revelation of God's love. Right? Next week, I'm going to actually break down each word. Heart. What does it mean to, to love the Lord with all of our heart? What does it mean to love the Lord with all of our soul? I'm going to break down that word soul. And next week, I'm going to break down what is it to love God with all of our mind? Oh, my gosh. It's not what you think only. But today, in order for us to get to that, that wholehearted obedience of loving God with those four spheres, we've got to understand what I call the four stages of understanding God's love, all right? So the four stages of understanding God's love, and it will be up on the screen. Stage one is this. This is key. I want you to take notes. Stage number one is receiving increased revelation of the love that God, watch this, has for us personally. I'm going to say that again. Receiving revelation of the love, not just that he has for everybody. You and I, in order for us to fulfill the first commandment, Totally and f- fulfill, f- uh, fully, we need to have a revelation of the love of God, watch this, that God has for us personally. Because the foundational truth that equips us to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength is to know and sometimes feel his affections towards us. Now, now watch what the, what the Bible says. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today if you don't mind. Is that okay? 
Now, Zach, I didn't tell you this in the, in the in, in previously, but I do want to make sure that you put this up. First John chapter four, verse nineteen. Why is it important for you and I to have a revelation of God's love for you? Why? Because if you don't have a, God, a revelation of God's love for you, then I believe that that loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength won't be fully impactful. You have to have a revelation. Of, listen, if you don't know the type of love that God has for you, how can you truly love God with all your heart? Think about this. We're trying to fulfill the first commandment. He said, there's no greater commandment than these. Look, you know what? First John chapter four, verse 19, we love him because what? That is insane right there. We love God because we, he first loved us. In other words, because I know his, his, the depth and the height and the width and the length of his love, then I love God. Do you understand that? Because I've made known, the Holy Spirit's made known to me the love of God for me, <clears throat> then I could be able to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Can I hear an amen? This is key. And here's, here's the thing that I want to focus on. This actually blew me away. When I was studying this, I was like, I know I know this, but this is hard to fathom, the type of love that God has for us. I want to take time and dissect how much God loves you. And, there, and it's not just this. It's not just, I know God loves me in here. I want, you to know that, I, I want you to know the depth of God's love for you because this is the stage of growing in God's love. There's four stages of understanding God's love in order for us to really fulfill the first commandment. Do you know that God loves us the way God loves God? In other words, do you know that Jesus loves us the same way? Get ready. Put your seatbelts on. The same way the Father loves Jesus, Jesus loves us. What? Think about that statement and let it heal you for a second. All the self-doubt that you have about yourself. Think about this. That Jesus loves you. This is almost unfathomable to me. The same way. You say, that's blasphemy. I'm going to show you. The same way that the Father loves Jesus. So I want you to think about how the Father loves Jesus. Think about it. We love our sons, right? How many have kids? How many have kids? All right. Imagine the, the unblemished, never-stopping force of love of the Father. All right? For, no, watch this. Look at this. First, sorry, John chapter 15, verse 9, says something powerful. Look it up there. Turn, turn to your Bibles or look up on the screen. John chapter 15, verse 9, says this. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus, Jesus is, is speaking to his disciples, and he says something revolutionary. He says, as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. I, wait. As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide, therefore, in my love. So having a revelation of this kind of love, it will actually fuel you to have wholehearted obedience. Can I hear an Amen. In other words, when you get a revelation of this type of love that, the fa- that Jesus loves you, the same as the Father loves Jesus. I had a hard time understanding that. I, I, it's like this. Come, come here, Donnie. Come here, Donnie. Come here, Sam. Let's say this is Jesus. And this is you and I. And I'm the Father. And you would have said to me, Father, who do you love more? Jesus or weak humanity. And he says, I can't see the difference between the two. He says, I love my son, Jesus, with such fervency. And that same love is how Jesus loves you. And so it's equal. Do you realize when you have that revelation, it will fuel you to obedience? Come on, give it up for them. Thank you, guys. Now, it will fuel you with what I call three type, three realms of obedience. We're still in stage one. The, uh, it will, when you have this revelation of how God loves you, it will fuel you in, this, in, in three kind of, of obedience uh, uh, realms, okay? Number one is affection-based obedience. We, that is one of the most powerful obediences because it's a, a lovesick person will do anything for love, right? When you're in love, come on, ladies. Come on, guys. Don't look at me like you don't think I'm, I'm talking right. When you first were in love, it don't matter if that dude was broke. You're like, he's just the best thing in the world. 
And someone could be just like throw distraction, and you're like, oh, he can do no wrong. You, you want me to drive an hour? I'll drive an hour. I'll go. I'll go. You, a, a person in love will do anything. How much more when you experience the divine, pure love of God? So that will produce obedience. Listen, a lovesick bride will do anything for the groom. And so you and I, so one part of obedience is affection-based obedience. Now watch this. This next obedience gets a, a, a bad rap in the church. And I want you to hear me before you judge me here. It also fuels this love, the stage one love that you have, for, for, that God has for you, also fuels, watch this, duty-based obedience. Now, duty-based obedience gets knocked a lot in the body of Christ. You're right. I've even preached one time about performance-driven identity. But there is such a biblical thing as duty-based obedience. What do I mean by that? That means because of your love for God, sometimes, don't make me preach real good here, you will have to be obedient to God whether you feel anything or not. And so the love of God being revealed in you will actually bypass you to have the need to feel something in order to be obedient to him. So when you, when you get a revelation of God's love for you, it will not only fuel affection-based obedience, because anybody will be obedient because of affection, but, there, but the revelation of God's love for you will also fuel duty-based obedience, which means when you feel nothing, you say, because I love him, and because I have a revelation of that love, I'm going to do it anyways. I think the body of Christ is waiting to feel something in order for to be obedient to God. Where does that say that in the Bible? Where does it say, I don't feel like it, so therefore I'm not going to be obedient? And we think that our feelings is God's word. Right? So a revelation of God's love will actually fuel duty-based obedience. You know what else will fuel? Number three, it will fuel godly fear obedience. In other words, it, it, again, that is knocked in the church too. But you know what? You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There is such a thing as a healthy fear of the Lord. Boy, I could preach on that for an hour. Where has the fear of the Lord gone? Where has the reverence of the Lord gone in the American church today? We don't talk about that because we think that's beating people over the head. It's not. Where is the, the reverence to say, you know what? There's a holy God that sees everything. Not with a whip in his hand, but he's aware. He's almighty. He sees. Right? We have, now, if you understand the love of God for you in that first stage, you know what will help fuel? All those three levels of obedience. Affection-based obedience, duty-based obedience, and godly fear obedience. It's a reverence that God is all-knowing. You know, there have been sometimes because of my love for God that, that stuff came out from here but never exited here. Sometimes it did because of my foolishness. But because of the fear of God, I said, I don't want, you know, it's the fear of God that says, this feels good, but I don't want to, I don't want to sever my relationship with the Lord because I, I know whatever that I start doing here is going to be racked up in eternity. Do you understand? And so this, the first stage, say stage one, is receiving God's love for me. So say it, is receiving God's love for me and understanding God's love for me, Right? This is stage one in understanding God's love. Why are we speaking in stages? Why? Because this understanding of the stages of God's love will then enable us to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. When was the last time you quoted that scripture but really had no clue what that meant? It's like when I was a kid, I used to quote the, 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 the Lord's Prayer all the time. And it was by memory, but I didn't even apply anything to it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be my name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth and in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And then just give me a donut afterwards, you know. And Catholic Church was like, I'll just do it. I'm just waiting for the jelly donuts. <laughs> but it had no power to it because it was just repetition. But if you truly know the love of God, then you will fulfill the first commandment completely. And it's just not just... Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you're just like, you know, I just love the Lord. Oh, I just, I'm so in love with the Lord. There's so much more than you just being in love with the Lord. It's understanding God's love so you can love him rightly. That deserves a good amen. The second stage, I <laughs> man, it goes, oh my God. <laughs> stage two. Are you alive this morning? 
Stage two of knowing God's love is this. Put it up on the screen. Stage two is about knowing God's love. Knowing and receiving. Oh, this is, oh, this is so good. The Father's love for Jesus through the Holy Spirit. The Father's love through Jesus. You say, I've never heard of that. How, why, would I, why do I need to understand the Father's love for Jesus in order to understand love properly and in order to fulfill the first commandment? Because God is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. So if you don't understand the Father's love for Jesus, you will never be awakened to say, wow, that same love for Jesus is the same love that is attributed to me. It will motivate you to love God with everything in you. When you know that the Father could have said, look, 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 look. It's fair to say that the Father could have said, look, here's my son Jesus. He's Jesus. He's Jesus. So it's okay that you guys understand that I love him more than you. I mean, to me, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's normal. You don't have to explain. I still love you, God. That's, that's normal. You love. But if you understand the Father's love towards Jesus and what that does in us, it will fuel you to obedience. Can I hear an Amen. Now watch. Look at John 17, verse 20. This is so good. John 17, verse 20. It's uh, verse, yeah, verse 20 says this. Are you there? It says, Jesus is praying. And he says, I do not pray for these alone, but I also pray for those who believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me. Now he's praying here, intense prayers to the Father. And I in you, that you also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 22. And the glory which you gave me, I, I have given them, that they may be one, just so we are one. Now, I want you to, I'm going to say this slow. Verse 23. I in them, and you in me, that they may be perfect in one. Now, now watch this. That the world, now he's praying to the Father, Jesus praying to the Father, that the world may know. That you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. And you have loved. Here's Jesus praying. He's saying, Lord, you love them as much as you love me. He's in his private time. He doesn't have to boast about anything. He's not trying to get people to say, whoa, look at that deep prayer. He's having a private moment with God where there's no cameras. He's not trying to get attention. And he's praying privately his desires for God and for his people. And he says, Lord, let these people know here that you have loved them as much as you love me. If I don't preach anything else, that should hit you like a ton of bricks. Do you understand your worth? Do you understand who you are? That weaklings like us, that the Father loves you, broken you, messed up you, dirty you, uh, uh, rebellious you, weak you, just like he loves Jesus, who's perfect, never sinned, and is holy, and is God. Why do you say that's important? Because you have to understand that so that your eyes would be open for you to realize that will fuel you. That revelation will fuel you to say yes, no matter what, to God. Can I hear amen? Now watch, I'm going to keep going. Verse 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you've given me may be with me where I am, that they may behold your glory with which you have given me. For you have loved me. Before the foundation of the world. Think about the force of that love. It's not, you have loved me for 500 years. You have loved me for 2,000 years. Lord, you have loved me since I came on this earth. He says, you loved me before the foundation of the earth. So imagine the force of never-ending love. Never had a start. Never had a finish. Never had a beginning. Never had an end. That force for eternity. The Lord says, that same force is the same kind of force that he loves Jesus and he loves us. You have to have that revelation, right? Or if not, you will succumb to condemnation all the time. As a matter of fact, those people who don't know the revelation of God's love are always trying to perform and they're always being condemned and they're always being ashamed and they're always guilty of what they've done because they don't really see the big picture of how much God loves humanity. It doesn't give us a license to do whatever we want, but it does fuel us to, to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. You say... For someone who doesn't know that, it almost seems like, well, that's just, that's, just, that's just kind of selfish for God. No, no, no. God wants us to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength because he's breaking down how much he loves you. Do you realize that that's a relationship part of Christianity? 
It's the relationship part, not a duty part. It's a relationship part. So I don't know if, if you guys are receiving anything or just sleeper or whatever. Father, look at verse, verse 25. Oh, righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And verse 26, I have declared to them your name, and I will declare it, that the love with it, which you loved me may be in them also. Glory to God. That should get you excited. Next time you think about yourself, I know this sounds crazy, think about yourself and say, the Father's eternal love that he has for Jesus is inside of me. The, the force of everlasting love. As a matter of fact, in Jeremiah says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And you know who he was speaking that to? Backslidden Israel. Backslidden. I have loved you. See, a lot of people are not obedient to the Lord because they don't have a revelation of God's love. I'm telling you, it will be easy when you do. When you have a revelation of God's love, it will spurn your heart to do, place him first. So once we realize and understand the depths of, of the love of the, that, that the Father has for Jesus, and that same love of Jesus is in us, then we will be able to live out the first commandment. But, say but, say but. That can only be revealed by the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that very slowly. The love that the Father has for Jesus can only be revealed by the Holy Spirit. And we grow in that revelation by spending time in the Word and spending time in His presence. But it could only be revealed and magnified by the person of the Holy Spirit. Why, Why Holy Spirit? Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit reveals all and He takes what was of Jesus and makes it known to us. Now look at Romans chapter 5. If someone's sleeping next to you, just kind of nudge them right now. Say, pay attention to church in Jesus' name. If anybody has a chance to sleep, it's me, because we, we had a long leaders meeting last night. Look at Romans 5, 5. Are you there? Are you there? Now hope does not disappoint because... The love of God, watch this, has been poured out in our hearts by who? Look at this. The love of God has been, you can't even know God's love without the Holy Spirit. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is not only the person who empowers us to live the Christian life in victory, the Holy Spirit also empowers us to have a revelation of the Father's love for us and the Father's love for Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying? I don't know if it's just me, but I get excited about this because this, no, the first commandment is no longer just a phrase anymore to me. It used to be. It's not like, okay, I got to do that because he said so. It's, oh my gosh, when I realize and when I break these stages of love down, it makes it so much easier to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Why? Because he is saying here, he's saying we, we, the Holy Spirit has poured out. So imagine, a, imagine when you get saved. When you get saved, there's a spiritual cup from heaven that's poured out into your heart. And, and, and the liquid is the love of God. That's the best way I can describe it, is you get saved, and God says, okay, undefiled, purest form of love poured into everyone's heart that receives Jesus as the Lord and Savior. Is that love that will rid you from depression. Is that love that will rid you from darkness. Is that love that will rid you from lack of self-worth. Is that love that will rid you from an apathetic life. Is that love, that revelation of love that will keep you burning and on fire for God. You need to keep your relationship with God hot. And how you do that is by constantly meditating on his love for you. Like in marriage, in marriage you, you, you have to keep the marriage hot. But the, how you do that is not just by speaking it. My marriage is hot. You don't just pray. My, I pray my marriage is hot. We're going to have. No, no, no. You have to actually spend time showing affection with each other and, and doing things that require admiration and love so that the marriage could stay fresh. And if you continually have a revelation of this kind of love, your heart will be on fire. 
Come on, you could clap, 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 clap. My people perish because, uh, sorry. Book of Hosea says my people are destroyed. That's actually the word. Destroyed by, the, by, by lack of knowledge. Think of what, I, what I'm just saying. My people are destroyed. A lack of knowledge of God's word can destroy your walk with God. A lack of knowledge of God's love will make you have your victory shortcutted instead of full. Why? It's not because you don't want it. It's because you don't have the knowledge. Those scriptures will open up your knowledge. Now, what is Hosea talking about in Hosea 4? He's not saying my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge of mathematics or science or history. He didn't say my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge because they don't have college degrees. He said my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge of truly my word and my love because my word is my love. Do you realize that? If you guys get a revelation of his love, you won't struggle with being obedient. It's scripture, John 14. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. It won't be difficult. As a matter of fact, you say, oh, I don't think. You know the Bible, in, the, in, in I believe in 1 John or 1 Peter, it says my, his commandments are not burdensome. It's not, in other words, it's not like, come on, please. I don't, come on, work yourself up. He's like, no. Doing what's so pleasing to him, it's actually pleasing to you. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. So, so watch this. My people perish for lack of knowledge. That's stage two. Now, stage three. Stage three of growing in God's love. So sta- let's recap. Stage one is having a revelation of God's love for you. Stage two of God's love, revelation of God's love, is having a revelation of God's love for Jesus. Now, this is where it's going to get good here. Because some of you guys are so spiritual that you don't know the third one. That, seriously, I, I'll be honest. The third revelation or stage of understanding God's love, put it up on the screen. Loving ourselves as God loves us. Oh, I'm going to preach good now. Because this look, this, right now, this right here looks like a self-help book. If, if I don't explain this properly... There's a lot of self-help gurus out there just says, believe in yourself, love yourself, and all that. But it's from a prideful, selfish uh, angle. When I am talking about, in order for you to understand God's love correctly in these stages, you not only have to lo- know the love of God for you, not only do you need to know the love of God for Jesus, but you need to love yourself as God loves you. Because it's, are you ready for this? It's impossible, 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 impossible to live the first commandment without loving yourself. Pastor George, how can you say that? Because Mark chapter 12, put it up there, Zach. Mark chapter 12, the first commandment. Watch what it says again. Let's put it up there. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, listen, that is awesome. We've been talking about that, but we only stop there. This is the first commandment. Look at the next verse. And the second is like it. It's like it. It's like the first commandment. It's very close. It's synonymous almost to the first commandment. The second is like it. Watch this. Watch this. Ready? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. Now watch this. There are no other greater commandments. I want you to highlight the word than these. Not this. He didn't say there's no greater commandment than this. In other words, just the first sentence. He said These two commandments comprise in the first and greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Watch this. Now, now, this is where it's going to get healing. And you need to love yourself. Now, what do I mean by loving yourself? Do Do I mean by the secular version of loving yourself? Like, look at me. I'm pumped. I, look at me, I, I got this business, look at me. No, that's the prideful way of looking at yourself. What God is saying to, that you need to do to love yourself, watch this, is in the context of how he views you. Because, watch this, it's an insult to view yourself less than what he sees you. Because to, to not love yourself is saying that God made a mistake. But we're so focused on the spiritual side, all I have to do is love God. But many people love God and they hate themselves. Many people don't like what they see when they look in front of the mirror. 
Many people don't like what they see when they're going to jo- their job or they're, or they're preaching or they're scheduled for ministry. They don't like what they see because they're comparing themselves with other people. And God says, I didn't make you like them. The, the secret desire to be another person is not fulfilling the first commandment. The secret desire to be another person is actually saying, God, you made a mistake with me. And God doesn't make mistakes. What do I mean by loving you? Loving who you are as identity in Christ. That I am his favorite one. I am the beloved one. I am the one who God loves. That's right. That's you. You're his favorite one. 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 If you don't know that, you can't fulfill the first commandment because you can't love others greater than you love yourself. No, 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 no. You didn't hear that. You can't love others greater than you love yourself. If you love yourself halfway, you'll love others halfway. If you, if you have self-hatred and you battle with that and you secretly battle with yourself, there is impossible to love others with full force. Because, and I love what the, he stole my message yesterday. When you look at someone and say, I don't like that about them, what you're really tr- sometimes saying is, I don't like stuff in them that reminds them about me. That's why I don't like you. But deep down inside, I was like, you remind me of me. <laughs> that part of me that I don't like. That, that part of me that I don't talk anybody about. See, you have to understand, in order to understand God's love properly, you have to understand God's love for you. You have to understand the Father's love for Jesus, and you have to love yourself. Watch, watch, watch. Love yourself by saying, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Does it mean that you're perfect? And does it mean you're prideful? Does it mean you're puffed up? It just says, I'm going to finally agree with what God says about me. You say, you, you say, show me that in scripture. Okay, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> you ha- listen, you, you, have to be, you have to value and even, dare I say, dare I say, be excited about your personality. About your giftings and about your callings. The worst insult you could do to the Father is to wish that you had somebody else's gifting. And to wish that you were some, oh, I'm, I'm not like, I wish I was like Pastor George. No, you wish like you were like Jesus. Don't try to wish like you're Pastor George because everyone is wired differently. My wife says, you could, honey, you, you, you could have a conversation with a cockroach. It's true. I'm just charismatic. I'll be like, what's up, dog? You're going to die? You're going to die, bro. My son, he'd be like, We're all different, and you need to learn how to celebrate you because God made every one of you unique. And if you get trapped in that comparison game, you cannot love God with all your heart. Why? Because part of the great commandment is loving God and loving yourself. How can you love your neighbor if you don't love yourself? Think about that. Oh, I'm going to get deep now. Are you ready? This is not even part of my notes. This is free. Sometimes the reason why we... Uh, there's a lack of evangelism in the church is because there's a whole bunch of people that don't love themselves. In the image of God. Not, look at me. It's, I love who God created me and I'm comfortable with me. Yeah, messed up me. Yeah, overweight me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because his love is not contingent on your waistline. Or your lack of education. He's not like, this guy has more degrees than you, so I'm going to go with this guy. I love him more. This guy has built more. No, 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 no. You've got to love you. You say, why, Pastor George? I'll tell you why. Psalm 139. This is good preaching. Psalm 139, verse 13. Are you ready? Verse 13 is up there on the screen. You have formed my inward parts. This is David talking to the Lord. You have formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully. Now you can say, oh, you're just boasting about yourself. No, no, I'm just boasting that God created me fearfully and wonderfully. Watch this. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made secret and skillfully. I need the worship team to come up here, please. I want the entire worship team to come up. Skillfully.
Truly being yet unformed, watch this, and, uh, sorry, wrought in the lowest parts, verse 16, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Watch, look, look at verse 17. Look at verse 17. I want everyone to say this with me. How precious are your thoughts towards me. How precious are your thoughts to me. So if God's thoughts about yourself are precious, we need to start thinking about ourselves as precious. Because if God created you fearfully and wonderfully, in order for you to fulfill the first commandment, most people in this room have no problem uh, receiving God's love for you. You have no problem understanding God's, the Father's love for Jesus, but you do have a problem loving yourself. You know why? Because you have strings attached to loving yourself. You have strings attached because you constantly measure loving yourself by what you did wrong. Or right. And what you did wrong or right is not an indication of God's love for you. Do you understand? The, 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 the biblically correct word for what I'm saying is self-hatred. I know that's a strong word. But if you don't love yourself, really what that is is you hate God's creation. I remember years ago, I, I, I wasn't meaning to say this. When I, was, when I was younger, and before I went into the, past, uh, the pastorate, I would, I would be like, I would say something in a group, and everyone would laugh and not take me seriously. I'm like, no, but I really want this to be heard. And be like, ah, oh, that's just George, you know, forget about him. And I was just a jokester. And then one day, um, because of my personality, I wished that I was somebody else. And I told my friend, I said, you know what? I, I'm not, I'm not going to make people laugh anymore. I remember saying that in the 90s. I'm not going to make people laugh. I'm, I'm just not going to be. And then my friend, thank God. We thank God for those holy of holy friends. They'll be like, hey. Uh, what? I'll never forget. He goes, look up in the sky. I'm like. He goes, look up. I'm like. He goes, might as well spit in God's face because you just told him that you don't like what he created. Then he, then he said this. I'll never forget. He goes, give me your palm. I'm like. He goes, there's no other fingerprint in the whole world before, presently, or afterwards than your fingerprint. And I'll never forget these next words. This, this changed my life. He says, don't try to be like the next person. Try to be the best George Sotolongo there ever was. That's how you need to look at yourself. Call your name out and say, I need to best, be the best Tom Smith because there's only one Tom Smith. There's only one George Sotolongo. Might as well live it to the fullest of what God created you to be and stop wishing that you were somebody else. I've told you before, one of the greatest things that I've been delivered from is comparison. It's comparison. So to love who we are in the grace of God is to be in agreement with God and his holiness, which is different from loving yourself with a prideful way. Can I hear an amen? And so... That is the key. Lastly, the last stage. Are you getting something this morning? The last stage of understanding God's love. Number one is understanding God's love for us. Number two is understanding the Father's love for Jesus that helps us fulfill the first commandment. Number three is understanding how to love yourself in the grace of God and in the image of God. And that in itself is healing with a lot of people right now. And number four, the stage number four, is loving others, loving others with the grace and the love of God. Because it's only by, the, by being strengthened by loving Jesus and loving yourself can we love others accurately. I'm going to give you two quick scriptures and then we're going to pray. We're going to pray and see what the Lord wants and then we're going to all go into our new building. And we're going to hear the voice of the Lord declare over Apopka, the soul is coming out. Now look at what, what John 13 says, I have a couple of, of scriptures, Zach, that I don't think I gave you, but John 13, verse 34, is the Holy Spirit ministering to you? A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. We need to have a revelation of your love, for, of God's love for others. Now, there's a, there's a group of people in the body of Christ that may have the first three right, but they can't get past loving others. And you blame your personality. I've seen people, that's just not my personality. I don't like people. 
I'm gonna have, I'm gonna bust your, bu- I'm gonna bust your bubble. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, then the love of God in you has to love other people. And you have to be okay with that. If it's not, then you have to do some examination. Maybe you don't have fully a revelation of the love of God because it's impossible to love Jesus and not love people. I'm going to say that again. It's impossible to say you love Jesus and that love that he has given you does not translate loving other people. Ask yourself this question. I don't want to embarrass you. What, what is it about me that makes people irritate, an irritation for me? I heard a pastor one time say, you know, I'm not in the people business. I'm like, bro, you in the wrong job. But I lovingly say, I lovingly say this. If you're a Christian, already, ready? You're in the people business. I didn't get a lot of amens on that one. I'm like, amen. Yeah, people tick you off. People get on your nerves. But if you're a Christian, love doesn't turn off. It's always on. The faucet is always on. It's not, it's not okay, 10 o'clock, love, turn off now. I could be mean now. No, love always is on. And if you don't know that, I'm lovingly telling you as your pastor, you will never have the first commandment first and real in your life. It'll be just something in your head that you try to achieve. You cannot love others if you don't have a revelation of God's love. Now I'm going to continue and I'm going to close. A new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this all we know that you are my disciples. Are you ready for this? You want to be a disciple? You want to be a follower of Christ? By this by this, they will know that you're a disciple of Christ. Watch this. If you have love for one another. So I just ended your argument. Some of you are like, darn. If you truly want to be identified as a disciple, what separates you from the world is your love, God's love for others. That, that sometimes like, doesn't make sense. You know, love has a power of, to discombobulate someone. You just, you just love on them when they don't deserve to be loved. Come here. I know you're fussy. I know you're fussy. Come, come here. Come here. Come here. I love you. And they just break down. Or like, you know what? As soon as someone did wrong, one of your sons did wrong, come here. I, I remember one time one of my kids did something, and immediately the Lord was trying to teach me a lesson. I, 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 was, I was correcting them, and I said, get in the car. Literally, this sounds great. Get in the car. I go, you know what? We're going to go to 7-Eleven right now, and I'm going to get you a donut. Like... <laughs> Huh? Like, I just corrected them. And believe me, everything inside of me is like, you, I'm not going to give you no donut. I'm not going to give you nothing. You don't deserve nothing. And I, I just felt the tenderness of the Lord. This is a true story. And I was like, get in, get in the car. You know, and of course, me, I had, to, I had to add my own, you know, version. And I repented later. I'm like, you don't even deserve a donut, but I'm going to go give you a donut anyway. <laughs> I was like, Lord, that's not how you would do it. But you know what? Here's my story. It discombobulated them. They're like, I deserve to get punished. And you're taking me out and you're rewarding me. You know what that produced? Repentance later on them, quickly. When you have a revelation of God's love, you will repent quickly. Not because of condemnation, because of his goodness. It's his goodness that leads you to repentance. My son immediately is like, Dad, thank you for giving me a donut. I'm sorry. I show love for others. Hallelujah. Last but not least, 1 John, verse, 1 John 2. This is the last scripture. NLT. 1 John 2, 9-11. This is 9-11 emergency. Are you there? Say amen. Are you getting something this morning? If anyone claims, are you ready for this? If anyone claims, I am living in the light, but hates his fellow believers... Some of you guys, I can't stand that Christian. I can't stand that pastor. You know what? I love worldly people more than I love the, 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 the body of Christ. Because, you know, the body of Christ is just filled with issues. Which is true. But, the Apostle John says, If anyone claims I'm living in the light but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer 
is living in the light and that does not cause others to stumble. That means you got to love church people in their messed up state. You got to love, we got to love one another. God forbid. This shouldn't even be an issue, but, but the Bible had to address it because even in those times they're saying, there's a, there's a problem going on here. In the body of Christ, there's so much division. Even now, there's so much division. In the body of Christ, Christ, I'm not talking about the world. There's more division in the church than there is in the world. Well, he's preaching this way, and he's preaching that Jesus is going to come at this time. I don't believe in that. I believe he's coming back in this time. Well, I don't believe in that. I believe this should be first, and not that, that first. And we all get so smart for our own good. Everyone is a theologian nowadays. Everyone, everyone is an expert in everything. Everyone, anyone, watch this, last verse. Anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by darkness. Jesus says, if you, as a Christian, don't love other believers, you're still in darkness. Because the love of God does not hate other believers. The love of God loves other believers. You, have to, you, you and I have to get a revelation of love because next week, once we get these stages, so what are these four stages? The four stages is this. Loving God, stage number one. Knowing God's love for you. Number two, st- growing in stage. Stage two is love, knowing the Father's love for Jesus. Stage three is having the knowledge of loving yourself as God loves you. And number four, having the revelation of loving others. Can I hear an amen? Let's all stand up to our feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's, come on, let, let's let the Lord sink this in. I want the Lord to sink this in. I want you guys to stand up if you can. And I want to ask God, I want you to ask God, where do I fit in these stages? Come on, where do I fit in these stages? Do I fit in stage one? That I still need God, a revelation of God's love for me because I don't feel I'm deserving. Or are you in stage two? right now that you 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 need to know more about the father's love for jesus because that same love is in you or most of you need to learn stage three do you love yourself or do you find yourself hating yourself seriously do you find yourself looking at yourself and giving listen listen what are your inner thoughts do you do you diss yourself more than you compliment yourself Man, I'm so fat. Man, I'm so messed up. Man, I don't read the word enough. Man, I don't, I don't, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, I'm this. God says, stop. Love yourself because I made you. Even with your flaws. Come on, I know I'm, sp- I'm speaking to somebody. Learn to love yourself. And then you'll learn how to love others. Lift up your hands right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask, Lord God, that you would reveal to us your great love. Lord God, that you would teach us the love that you have for the Father that is in us. That you would teach us how to love ourselves, Lord God. As a matter of fact, if this is someone that's you right now, you just ask God, Lord God, forgive me for hating myself, forgetting for being critical of myself. Forgive me for not loving me as you love me. Forgive me for the inner tone of defeat that I have every time I wake up. Lord God, today is a new day, I declare. And Lord, give me a love for others. Give me a love for others. In the name of Jesus, come on. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.